Welcome to this, Justin. The show that sounds like a new show, but it is not a new show at all. It is actually just a show where I get to talk to people that I find interesting that I've got to meet over the years. And today's first guest, I, I thought it could be no perfect than for it to be uh, the guy I've spent more on microphone time with than anybody else in the world. I went with Ron Goldstein, a staple of Colorado MMA, uh, a very good friend of mine. The guy has lived so many lives. Uh, dare I say, he is very wise. Um, but I think you're going to dig this episode. Uh, we talk about a little bit of everything in this, and it's so much fun. Um, do me a favor. If you like the show, leave leave a review on iTunes. It really helps things out, or Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. But uh, in the Apple Podcast app, leave a review. Um, you know, give it whatever you think it deserves. If you think it deserves a one, go ahead. I'm, I don't think it deserves a one. I don't think you really think that either. But if that's what you honestly think, go ahead. But if you think it's great, leave it five-star review. Leave a little comment on there. I'm, uh, I'm hoping that I can get a, get a few uh, monetary investments because of this thing one day. And I think that'd be really cool. But sit back and enjoy my conversation with the one and only Mr. Ron Goldstein. I'll see you on the other side. When you want to get super fucked up, That's you, what you take do. edibles. Mm-hmm. And I mean plural. <laughs> but it doesn't even need to be plural. I don't need one. I don't need more than one. I don't need a full one. <laughs> I know, I know, man. It's like, ridiculous. Edibles, edibles are tough to handle. But I don't know if you got a chance. So, like, the whole reason I'm doing the show, we're we're rolling right now. We're going, we're going with <laughs> Sweet. it. Sweet. So the reason I started the show, this Justin, <laughs> little play on words, um, is because a couple weeks ago I was a guest on a comedian's podcast in, over here in Denver, and uh, you know, on that I kind of went into like my diagnosis of diabetes and all that. So. It's kind of been a pain in the ass the last month, but um, I've really been making great progress, and edibles just don't fit into that because they're just laced with sugar, like so much sugar. I didn't know and that. Like, oh, so much. It's because they, they use the sugar to cover up the weed taste um, because the shocker. the, the <laughs> way that it, it mixes with the butter, not so bueno. Yeah. I mean, on many levels. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I mean, uh, cartridges for me are the way to go to. Yeah. It's, it's great. Neither one of us has coronavirus. I mean, you're uh, you're an elderly gentleman. So if you did, you'd already be in the grave. Thanks. <laughs> if I but did, let's... if I did, I would want to hang out with a girl with Lyme disease to make it a fucking party, a real party. <laughs> I mean, you got a strip club right down the road. I'm sure we could find a, a stripper with Lyme <clears throat> disease. One or two. Actually, yeah, you have two strip clubs right down the road. Is that convenient? Both of them. I was like, I was like, maybe my gimmick for this podcast should be that it's always done in a strip club, and we have to talk only while we're getting lap dances. While we're getting dances, yikes, <laughs> yikes! I think that we could get we could get the the club in on it. They get a piece of like the ad revenue, like everybody's help you happy. promote it. <laughs> oh, but but no, I missed I missed doing this, and so I decided to go to the one man who I've done more on air time talking. <laughs> Who better to go with than Mr. Ron I'm Goldstein, honored. Mr. Denver honored. himself? I am honored. Actually, Thank you're not you. Mr. Denver at all. You're Mr. You're Mr. National. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, uh, I I don't even think a Denver thing. Like I'm just a dude that happened to call fights for a little bit. <laughs> That's about it. 
Here, I'll trade you. No, you, you've done so much more than that. I've tried. You know, I've dabbled in a lot of different things, which I've enjoyed. I mean, uh, it was kind of funny before you got here. I was thinking about that. And I think that, you know, that kind of thing is just, uh, you know, that it's a passion play. That's all that is. Everything that I've really done is has really been a passion project, you know. And so, you know, when you when you like that's a that's a that's actually a great segue into this. Like when you. If you're unhappy with your life, wherever that may be, you know, and whatever it is that you're doing (laughs) for me, that was Arizona five years. ago, Right. And Florida for me, you know, I mean, I knew that I didn't want to be there any longer. I knew it. And every day that I was there would eat me up. Right. And then, you know, you move to Denver and you almost get a clean slate. And, and so for me, that at least that's how it was for me. And then I got into the fight game because of my brother, actually. My brother was a writer for Colorado Examiner, for Boulder Examiner, okay. and had a kid. <laughs> and so time the famous goes, Ryan. Go, the famous <laughs> Ryan, the, um, you know, the kid takes up a lot of time. Time goes out the window. My brother says to me, hey, do you want to take this over? And I said, take what over? You know, and he's like, I'm, I'm writing about MMA for, uh, for Boulder. And I was like, really? I didn't even know that. I was like, where do you publish it? You know? And he's like, well, if you followed me on Facebook, <laughs> you'd see. So I started following him on Facebook because I thought that'd be the good thing to do. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Were you here at that at that time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He had done it like um, a year before I did. And then uh, I jumped in, I think, in uh, 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. Man. And then it's really actually a really weird story how it all kind of happened. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I like writing and, uh, and I love fighting. And so I was like, this is a, like a great little hybrid. This is fantastic. So I, I started writing for like uh, three years, you know. During that time, this is, on, this, is, this is how I started calling fights, by the way. I go to a Sparta show. And Jeff had asked a fighter, unnamed, um, to help do the commentary for the fights. I think at that time, Jeff had gotten two microphones, and so he wanted somebody with JR. And uh, that fighter, like, no call, no showed, right? <laughs> so I'm at the fights. Well, a, fighter? I, a fighter would do that? That's kind of weird. I love, I love fighters, but I let's, let's admit that they <laughs> may be the some... flakiest <laughs> of all people. <laughs> yeah. They'll show up to fight, yeah. usually. Always. Uh, always. Uh, They'll get there. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not so much talking about locally. I'm going a little more <laughs> okay, national. Okay, this. Okay. Some of them show up to fight five pounds overweight, but to me, that's not showing up to fight. I'm with you there. <laughs> that being said. Look at you, Figueredo. You know, right, dude, what an opportunity missed. We'll come back to old Figgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Figgy. We will, we will, we will, for sure. That being said, I go to one of Jeff's shows, and Jeff is a panic poor guy. You know, he's he's literally, I could, like, I could. I think that's Jeff's natural state. I, but have you, you know, you know, the t- you know the face, right? He's got that, that, like, thousand-yard stare, and he's just kind of in a different planet. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, dude, you okay? And he goes, he says to me, he goes, Man, I just got no called and no showed by the guy that's supposed to do the commentary. And he goes, hey, wait a minute. He's like, you write about all these guys. You want to do the commentary? And I was like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Jumped in, didn't leave for 10 years. So 
that's how it all started for me. But that being case, you know, it was, it's always been something I'm really passionate about, you know, wrestling, as you know, um, boxing. I was a boxing fan before I was any fan at all, any kind. Right. So, and you know, my, my dad and, and my brother and I that like, and my mom, shit. I mean, my mom probably watch more fights than most of my friends. <laughs> um, you know, she actually loves the fights too. And, I bring her to the fights when she's here. <laughs> but that being said, like, you know, we grew up with fighting. I mean, that was just a, a major part of our lives, you know. And take us back. Where is, where where were you growing up with all these fights? This is in New Jersey. New Jersey. This was in uh, Rumson, New Jersey, um, right on the border of Fairhaven. And we were like, you know, new in town. And uh, basically, you know, everything kind of started there because like, you know, my uncles would come over and watch the fights. You know, we'd have like a black box. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, <laughs> yeah, that's what the they called them. Black yeah, box. that's what they called them. You know, the <laughs> black box. And so the black box, you know, we had uh, we had all these channels, and so fighting was a huge part of it. Our whole family would come over, like the whole family, like all my uncles, all my aunts, all my cousins, everybody watching the fights. It's so great. Like one of the things that I, I really like about fighting is that every card has so many different things you're going to see, especially when it comes to mixed martial arts. Boxing, I'm, I'm still not a boxing guy at heart, but mm -hmm. I can still respect what I see happening. But mm -hmm. when it comes to mixed martial arts, you don't know what you're going to see. Like, each fight Completely is going to look totally different. 100%. I think a great example of that is what our last co-main event of UFC 248 looked like. Um, it was, uh, what was Yoana, the Chinese girl's name? Yoana in Jacek. Yoana Yo versus, versus Weili Zhang. Weili Zhang. Or Zhang, or Zhang Weili. Weili just depends i guess a freaking barn burner of, of one the of the century. best fights i've ever seen I, one of the best fights justin i have ever freaking seen and i'll and i'll tell you this i thought Weili zhang was gonna steamroll yoana i really did oh so did i i 100 did i was well. almost afraid for yoana <laughs> you know what i mean and then and then it just went off the rails. Went I mean, off the rails went down in history, and then what afterwards? We're thinking, okay, that was the that was the appetizer for the main meal coming, and then we didn't get that at all out of out of UL and and Stylebender, which I'm not going to go into you know why I think that is or anything like that, but it's just it's just to show that every fight is so different, especially in mixed martial arts. It's it's so. It, you're watching something new every single time. That's the beauty of it. You know, and, even fighters say that. And you get your 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 uncles, your cousins. So, everybody can have like a different crazy. favorite fighter. Everybody can have a different favorite style. So and crazy. so I think like things like that just really are bringing family together. I, and and here's here's something else to consider too. Like so, I'm 50. You know, I joke around <laughs> about that all the time. But growing up when I was younger, there was something called on Saturdays, pretty much for most of the day. There was ABC's Wide, Wide World, World of, of Sports. Sports. And I will tell you this, like when they put on boxing fights, our country stopped. Like we watched fights, you know? And um, I mean, literally, I like I can remember this like it's like it's yesterday. Like I remember, you know, walking into my parents' bedroom when I was probably, man, like seven, eight years old. And I remember like my dad laying down on the floor, like on his belly, like with his, you know, elbows propping up his chin, his watching the fights. Right. And I remember like just sitting down and just being immediately, completely mesmerized by what I was seeing. 
and that was it for me. That was the f- that was the pilot so had light. You, had you seen other sports before that? Or was oh, that I was kind of like your I was first... an athlete. Okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I mean, I was a at that time. I was a soccer player. I was a swimmer. I mean, shit. We were like we were. I was pretty much doing surfing, um, boogie boarding, riding my bike, skateboard. Like I was never home. We didn't <laughs> have that kind of thing, you know. Like we just it was. A long time ago And so You know We we were on our bikes You know I'll tell you What was really Kind of This is kind of Really fucked up Actually But but it's a different time You know Like It's a completely Different time We used to hitchhike A lot And I mean I mean Like when I was You know 11 12 You know And we weren't Going short distances We, we were going We were going far You know that, But that's what You did then You, you, you hitchhiked I don't, I don't think I ever hitchhiked I don't, I mean, I, I was a kid who took t- public transportation to mm-hmm. elementary school, but I never hitchhiked. <laughs> it's, um, it's a trip, <laughs> you know, literally it is a trip, you know, but, uh, but great memories back then, you know, and then we moved to Florida and, uh, you know, Florida was a completely different type of lifestyle. It's, I think it's a different type of lifestyle for anybody in America. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's essentially its own country. And we got there in the 80s, so it was like cocaine cowboys time. No mm-hmm. joke. You know, it was bizarre. Uh, but, you know, that, that was uh, that was kind of how we grew up. A very, very tight family and, uh, you know, very, very much into athletics our whole lives, really. And, you know, my dad was a soccer player and my uncles were all like, you know, boxers and wrestlers and soccer players <laughs> until they started growing like like crazy. So... You're you're at that event. Here, go out there and be be the the color or the or the play by play commentator. Yeah. How was it? How was it the first time getting thrust in the? Have you had any time on a microphone before that? <laughs> Never. <laughs> that was probably my first time. <laughs> Back in two thousand eight. Yeah. Man, it was in like July of like two thousand eight, and. Uh, so you remember that? Like I remember my first my first time going up and doing stand up. <laughs> Absolutely. And, <laughs> and see, like, that takes balls. <laughs> that takes real balls. Yeah. To this day, every time I get on stage, I just like, <sighs> I'm I bet. breathing super fast. I bet. Like, it's, it's the most nerve wracking thing. But then when you make people laugh, oh, you're good man. at it. You are good at that. I, I'm, I'm good at it in like the conversational way. Like, 100%. I, I'm the best. It's not guy. Fake. I can throw down the best at the water cooler no matter where I am. Right. On. No matter where I'm, I'm, I'm the right best on. at throwing down at the water cooler. Right. <laughs> but doing it on stage with a spotlight and a microphone in your hand, man, that is so hard. Right but on. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I'm not giving it the time that it needs right this second. Like I told you, will. you, you will. before uh, we started this, is, you know, right now it's all about my health. Yeah. Um, my Talk health. to me about that. What's going on? I well, didn't even know. Well, uh, I was diagnosed with diabetes last month, back at the beginning of February. And, you know, got super depressed. Um, you know, I got the, the confirmation. Or I took my first test and they're like, well, it looks like you're, you're diabetic, but we're going to double check it just to be safe. Mm-hmm. And so I got super depressed at that point. Mm-hmm. Then I went in and did the, the follow-up test and also still pretty depressed. And then I got the results and yeah, it's official. You have diabetes and it's I very unmanaged right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I was tipping the scales over 390 pounds which is the biggest i'd ever been wow. what do you think led to that i mean 
Like what? What? Because you were on a track at one point. Yeah, you know, yeah, what, a year, a year and, and a half, half ago, and you I, were yeah, getting healthier. Two years ago, yeah, I was. Um, it was. I never really found. I've never been afraid of death. Okay. And when I heard the words diabetes, I for the first time got a fear of death. Yep. Uh, my grandpa on my mom's side, my biological grandfather died in his thirties. Diabetes. And I'm, I'm 30. <laughs> I'm turning 31 in just a couple months. So, so, uh, so that kind of, do you think it was just, um, I mean, were you happy? Um, were you unhappy and then led to eating as a, as a problem or, you know what I mean? Like, was I'm it a trigger? Interviewing you, sir, but oh, I'm sorry. I'll, t- I'll take the, I'll take the flip of the script. Um, I was complacent. I just, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't feeling the need to improve my health because I was like, well, well why? Like, but yeah. I, I kind of have a why now I, you know, I want to live Yeah, and yeah. I, it's a very powerful why. And I'm surrounded it's by the people only why that believe, matters. Well, a hundred percent. But uh, like I just said, I'm, I'm really surrounded by people who believe in me. Good. And good. I feel I feel bad for the because I feel like for the last year, year and a half, I was taking that for granted. Mm-hmm. It's like these people, these people know that I'm I'm capable of great things, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing something great right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm really just kind of skating by. And did you read much during that time, <laughs> dude? I, I read I read a lot all the time, um, but I wasn't reading the type of stuff that I should at that time. Th- that's where I was going with that. I was I, mean? I was sticking to the <clears throat> funner stuff, you know. I was sticking to like the the right. fiction, which I don't, I don't do a lot of. Um, but who gives a shit if you do? That's what you enjoy. Well, yeah. Uh, but now a lot a lot of the stuff that I'm in putting into my brain, <laughs> the stuff that I'm putting into my brain now is almost everything is trying to better myself. I do. I do give myself treats still. I do play video games still. That's your thing. That's what makes you happy, but nothing wrong with that. But I, I I guess time management is like the most important thing to me right now. And Mm -hmm. like figuring out where everybody lies in my life. Like there's three real, um, the, the weeds getting to me and I can't departments. We'll say departments. There's three departments that I have to categories even my time. Okay. And it's right now it's personal development, which mm-hmm. is all right now in the, the health field and, mm-hmm. and also what everybody's listening to in their ear holes right this second. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife mm-hmm. and my work mm-hmm. and making sure that those three things are all getting the amount of time that they need. And also when you throw in, the time with friends and things sure, like that. Sure. It gets tough. Yeah. Um, and I never have been good at that, but I've gotten to the point where I've set, um, I have, I have a habit now. Like I, I got a routine, a, I got a like a structure. Um, yeah. Every morning, no matter how I feel, mm-hmm. period, no matter how I've I seen feel, you conquering and your inner I bitch. Have, oh, I, I, I get in <laughs> and I make that bitch sweat as much as possible. Good for you, man. I know. Um, I've been reading about it every <laughs> single day. It doesn't matter. I get up and I go to the gym. Sure. Like it's my first stop. Even if it means, Hey boss, I'm going to be late to getting started on work today. You make it up later. I make it up later. That's right. I, mean, I have a pretty flexible schedule, yep. so I don't have to make that call a yep. lot, yep. but, yep. um, you know, I, I put in that 
time because I know that everything is going to be kind of falling in line mm-hmm. as long as number one is taken care of. Number one, my body. That's my, that's my it. personal development. That's it. Then my wife. 100%. I just make sure, like I try to leave my entire evenings for her. There's the occasional 100%. business meal and things course, like that. Of course. But, you know, those hours, she works a, a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. And I now, for, you know, since I'm before I met you, I didn't have that luxury right. at all. Right. I remember. And, you know, doing the retail management for such a long time and never getting that, that thing, I was kind of like squand like as soon as I got that opportunity, it kind of got squandered a little bit sure. and I needed to get that in check. That was kind mm-hmm. of like my big thing for like 2018 is like everything. I put a little too much into my body mm-hmm. because I got down to my lowest weight at that time. I got down to like three thirty. Nice. Three thirty five. Um, still not fighting weight because uh, I'm get, I'm gonna get to fighting weight. We'll, right. we'll talk Good. about that in a Good. little bit. But um, I got down to like three thirty. But my I I didn't have a job at the time because I had gotten let go from one gig. I was driving Uber. The only way to to make money f- with Uber is I had to leave by about five p.m. and I'd get home anywhere from three a.m. to I remember that six a.m. the next day. I remember that. Me and my wife would see each other as I go to work and as she would then go Passing to work. Passing like ships in and the night. The only time that I was able to really like lay the hammer down. Well, I mean, you can pick when you work on, on Uber and whatnot, but I, sure. I did do my best to make it so that the weekends were still untouched and those mm-hmm. were hers. Good. Um, I tried to make it that way. Sure. It didn't always happen that way. If she's listening, and sometimes right now, you guys go, did things together, like the fights. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which I mean, that's I mean, it goes back to what you were talking about <laughs> when it goes like family and fighting. Like that's one of the things that like I think we realized it like after we got married that we were like both UFC fans. That's so crazy, isn't it? <laughs> well, we we got married super fast, but it, even beyond that, it's just something that that I love so much. I I mean, For we sure. may we may have like talked about it here and there before the marriage, but like when we got married it like became something that we could do. We went like every, every pay-per-view we would go out. Um, we lived like 45 minutes away from the nearest like restaurant that would have fights, but we would make that drive. <laughs> That's perfect chat I would time. Say, I would, well, I would be working in one of those cities usually. <clears throat> oh, so okay. she would meet me out there. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, we would, we would like, that was our thing is we would, we'd go and sit at a B-dubs for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just this was fights. before early prelims. That's but, awesome. You know, prelims were still starting at like, three o'clock and we'd be there from three o'clock to 11 and we we were pretty frugal when we were there but we would we would try to but it's a great experience tip the waitresses and waiters (laughs) nicely because we were definitely taking up a table but but yeah man like fighting was you're a fight family now yeah 100 percent um family of four two dogs and two people yeah that's right that's right but uh I don't remember where I was actually at. Uh, you so mean in terms Colorado of me? Cash crop. Me? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I don't think I answered. I don't think I answered your question fully. Oh, you know, I think I did. I think, I, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't managing my time well enough. Yeah. Um, and so now that I kind of have, I have work in this perfect like nook of how I how I work with it and everything like that, and mm-hmm. I have a fairly good time balance with Mindy. Mm-hmm. Um, like now I, I kind of was wasting that time that I had extra mm-hmm. and now I'm like, okay, it's not time to waste it. Let's put this back into you. Yeah. So it's getting up at five, yeah. six, five to six. Let's be honest. Um, 
I try to get up at five, but it doesn't all. It, it hardly happens. But Jocko beats you. <laughs> Jocko beats me every single day, and he's he's on the West Coast, and he beats me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that was probably my my main falters. I didn't have the fear of death, and I didn't I didn't know how to manage my time, mm-hmm. and so that's how I got back up to my largest size ever. Um, and now I'm, I'm on my way back down. I'm Good, 20 man. plus pounds down. Beautiful. Um, I'm in the three sixties now. Back to health. So. Getting there. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. Proud of you. Where, where were we with you? Um, uh, <laughs> we're just pretty much talking about kind of how I started with the, yeah, that's know, right. The uh, commentary. So you, you seen all of these guys come through Colorado then. Yeah. Good, a good, a good chunk. I mean, you know, like. In, you know, the six degrees of separation, <laughs> not many degrees, right? So oh, that's something I learned when I got into the fight game out here, just how, how small and connected everything is. Absolutely. And everybody knows everybody, you know? Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's got something good to say about yeah, somebody. Everybody's yeah, got something bad to yeah, say about yeah, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the nature of the beast, and, you know, you just kind of – you're pretty – like, you know, that's probably one of the things that I really learned and loved the most about commentary – is here's the deal two guys or girls in front of you are fighting i have to describe what the hell's going on in there right when when it's all said and done if you give me a shitty performance i'm calling a shitty performance mm. don't get mad at me i'm the messenger <laughs> yep but and i think that really like you know both jr and i myself you know we 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 We've always been straight with people, you know, like, hey, man, if you yeah, a lot of fighters used to text me after fights and be like, hey, I mean, you saw my phones and hey, you know, how did I look today? You know, and if they look like shit, man, I tell them, you know what I mean? It's just that simple. And, and not only that, like we did it on the show, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, but it, again, it's never one of those things where it's like you're taking a shot at somebody. It's I'm calling what you showed me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that, if you don't like what you, sh- what you're hearing, you need to work on what you're going to show me next time. Yeah. And that's it. And most people respected that. I, I think, and that's kind of why I people, think it was, you know, except for one unnamed person, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to name them. <laughs> Fucking Bucky. Bucky. Oh, fuck. What's his last name? Kate, Casey Barber. Uh, Macy, Macy Barber. Bar- yeah. Bucky Barber. Casey Barber. Casey Marber, that's the one. Bucky Barber. But yeah, I if mean, you're whatever. hearing this. I mean, he's a tool. Change your freaking put it, put it phone now. Get off of my my podcast. You know, uh, my friend's dad used to tell me, you know, you give somebody enough rope, they hang themselves. <laughs> and uh, I think we kind of watched that unfold when you know his daughter's losing a fight to Roxanne, grabbing the mic. You know, it's just you know, it's like attention. You know, cravers do desperate things, and that's what you saw. That's, yeah. re- that's really what you saw. Yeah, hundred <sighs> percent. So, yeah, you lived in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You moved to Florida. Yep. What what led that migration? Here? So, my dad, uh, my dad owned a dental lab, and obviously in uh, Florida, there's going to be a higher number of seniors. So demographically and strategically, it was a good move for him to move his operation to South Florida where, you know, a high volume of seniors are. Right. So that's what we did. And we packed up the old, uh, you know, trucksters and and drove across the country. 
And so, uh, or down, you know, I should say down South. Yeah. Um, that being said, I did the same thing coming from Florida to Colorado. That's kind of what made me think of it. But that being said, that's kind of what started it all. So you've lived a lot of lives. <laughs> uh, I, I think I learned that you were, uh, you've been a chiropractor, mm-hmm. a college soccer player. Mm-hmm. Um, You've been a salesman. You've been a marketer. You've been, you know, what what all have you been, and what has been your favorite stage? Um. Yeah. I mean, like I I have. Uh, I don't know if it's fight commentator. How did I forget that? ADD or what? <laughs> but I I have. I need to be stimulated. You know what I mean? Like that's just the way I'm wired. And things that help me feel accomplished. You know, like managing, you know, groups of people for a common goal. Right. And, and, and I take that seriously. Right. So that being the case, you know, like that, that motivates me a lot. Yeah. And, and then I have a creative side too. And, you know, I build mobile apps and, you know, that's, that's like an expression of, um, you know, fun creativity, but with an execution plan, you know, not just talking shit. Like yeah. that's one thing that really kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like when people just kind of talk shit, you know, like if that's you kinda, have kind of how, like I felt like before starting this is that I said I was going to start a podcast and I started one before I worked with, with you guys on the final right, bell. Right. I had one and it, it, it fell apart after about four months, but I was like, oh, I'm going to get one going again. And I'd, I'd even tell people like, Oh, you should come on my show. And I just never did it. And I, was yeah. like, I was like, ah, I'm being, I'm being like one of the worst kinds of people. And, uh, I think, you know, and, and that's probably one of the things I'm, you know, the most proud of about myself. I'm not, I'm not a bragger. I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm a guy that I'm proud of the fact that if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I feel like there's a lot of people that just, I, I feel like most people don't. Yeah. I'd say a solid 60% don't. I was gonna, I was gonna go higher. I was gonna go with like a seventy-two. I like, I like, I like seventy-two. You like that number? It's think, a nice number on a, a jersey. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, cause there's probably like the people that are really doing the damn things. Like you see them, you know them, you know their names, you know the Gary V's, you know the Tom Brady's, you know the Joe Rogans, you know, That's you right. know those people, and they're That's the right. ones that are going out there and they say they're going to do something, they're going to do it. And and how about forget all those guys, cause those guys are famous, right? How about the like you, local guys, why not do it? Do you know how many years I used to say we need new commentators in this? Remember, I used to I used to say that all the time. We need new commentators in the sport. We need new writers in the sport. We need Shout new... out to my boy uh, Jordan Kurtz doing both of those. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we needed that. Like, and and I used to say it all the time. You know, people were going to get tired, and probably were tired of just me and. JR doing things, you know, and I always said, like, we need to inject that with new energy. JR ain't going anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for him to share, uh, you know, different types of commentary experiences with different people, you know, that only helps him too. Definitely. So, yeah, <laughs> done a lot of things. It's been great. You, you never said what your favorite period was you know what's really funny is when i was in chiropractic school i was a bartender <laughs> right <laughs> and uh i mean i had a i had an insane schedule you know like like everybody that goes to school i mean listen I'm not, i wasn't special in any means but 
I had should have done what I did and drop out. <laughs> so this is this is actually what I did. We used to have seven a.m. classes. So you know, from seven till like one or two, and then go home. You know, shower, change, eat, get dressed up in your in your clinic attire, and then go take care of patients. You know, till six or seven, and then for me, I had soccer. You know, I was coaching the soccer team there too. So I was literally. Uh, in charge of like this, this, you know, this nasty, nasty chiropractic team that used to kick the shit out of all these other young guys, you know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, you have soccer practice two days a week. And so that's from seven 30 to nine 30. And then you got to come home and study and, you know, and then your time management getting back to what you said was critical. So, so that at that time I was a bartender and that's how I kind of relieved stress too. I would work Friday nights. Well, yeah, bartenders always leave with the prettiest girls. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, I, I worked with some pretty girls. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but the, the, the cool thing about it was, like, you really learn how to not only read people, but you, get a chan- you just get a chance to communicate with all kinds of people. And I think that I love that the most. Um, that's why that's why I'm doing this 100 percent, dude I mean I told you that like one of my favorite times al- being alive was when I was an uber driver just because of all the different people that I got different conversations meet. right I, I had that's the, what it's about I had the coolest conversations with the most random people it got to the point like towards the 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 twilight of my time of driving it would get to the point where at a certain at a certain point it'd be like I would I would, I would ask the question or the person would even ask me what makes you cry <laughs> like that's when I knew that I was like having these like really deep conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that I was I was getting to know these people on a level that I could probably guarantee with the way that most people are these days their best friends may not have known them <laughs> on the same level that I, I knew know. them I after know those it. interactions. I know it. Because I, there would be times cuz you know I was I was always listening to a podcast, I was always listening yeah. to a book. Yeah. I was in a good personal space. Uh-huh. Um you know I was I lost Tons of weight at that time. Yep. Like I was, I was in a super positive place. Like I said, I wasn't very good at nurturing everything else at that time, mm-hmm. but <laughs> neither here nor there, but I would be able to have these conversations where we're literally, we, we would contemplate the existence of God at times. <laughs> you get into some deep stuff and with complete strangers, hundred percent. Like I'm knowing these Unabashed people for opinions. 45 minutes right. total. Right. If I'm lucky, Correct. <laughs> I mean, Correct. If, if it's a good experience Correct. at least there's some, if I'm some going to the airport, so much. <laughs> oh yeah. People going to the airport were the best. Yeah. And they were good sure. tippers too. I'm sure <laughs> they're thankful, but, but yeah, just having conversations with different people mm-hmm. with the different fighters that I got to talk to through the final bell. Yeah. Um, you know, some that I, I, I still keep up with today. Me too. Just are, you know, the nicest human beings that I've ever gotten to know. And hundred percent, I, you know, they're, you know, I'm going to have them on here. I'm going to have like, like everybody that that's, you know, just been a cool person to me. You know, th- this is just a, a reason to sit down, really talk with my friends and, you know, find out something new that I didn't know. And then I get to take that and I get to share it Yeah. on the internet. Cause apparently there's people that actually want to hear what I have to say about things. And so I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know where this is going to end, but I think that it has, why the, does it have to it end? Right. The possibility <laughs> to be something great. Good for you. That's the right, that's the right, um, mentality to have number one. Yeah. 
And number two, you know, like I, I think that everybody has a really interesting story, you know, hundred oh, percent. And, and it, and it almost doesn't matter who you have, which is look, I mean, Joe Rogan has basically set the bar for all of us. Right. Saint I mean, Rogies. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. So, you know, when, when, you kind of look at Joe's format and it's basically a freestyle conversation and not structured, then, you know, that, that's where it gets good. I mean, yeah. that's really, that's where the gold is. <laughs> it really you know? is. Um, I mean, if Rogan is the king, 2020s Oprah, what Oprah was 40 years ago, what she did for daytime television. Like that's he's, a very good comparison actually. It is, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Kind of influence and, and reach. Oh, dude, there's probably nobody right now that has the influence and reach that he does. It's amazing. Which is why it's so crazy that he was able to get not one, but two presidential candidates of this year on his show. He can get it, anybody he wants. He's, he's the most influential 100%. person on, Put it this way. I on remember when TV, internet, radio, period. Do you remember when uh, Brock Lesnar was coming up to walk up into the cage to shove Daniel Cormier after yes. DC one before he went into the cage? Do you know what he did? <laughs> he was talking to Rogan. Do you know what he's trying said? to get on the podcast? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. He was like, yeah, you can come on anytime. So yeah, that's how influential he is. But yeah. you know, look, he, he's, he, he's doing it right. Yeah. It's that simple. I mean, it's great content, right? And that's what it's about. So I wish you the best with that. I'm actually, it's kind of funny. We're talking about podcasts because, you know, I just said before, you know, the whole fight thing was, it's just a, it's a passion project for me. Yeah. You know, that being the case, I started one too, by the way. You did. I did. It's called Legendary Fights. And uh, I'm not plugging it. I'm just saying like, it, it, it's, <laughs> no, it's really just, a, well, it's just plug about away. fights that moved me. You know, like I recap like a 30 minute little recap of my own as I'm watching it on YouTube. And just kind of, you know, giving my th feelings and thoughts about it. Rory Lawler 2 better be on that list. I'm sure it's going to be. I've <laughs> only got, I think I only did three episodes. Okay. And I kind of, I haven't published them yet, but I will. Okay. Well, let me know I will. <laughs> when you do. Um, and, you know, shout out to Anchor. Have you, he have you heard of, of Anchor? Of course. Anchor is an amazing uh, platform. I was actually paying somebody to host all my podcasts uh, up until oh, yeah. today. Yeah. And I found Anchor by total accident. Anchor's I was going to be paying $25 a month for my podcast yep. hosting. Yep. So, I mean, they're not a sponsor or anything, but hey, they're saving me 24 bucks a month. So I'm giving 100%. Anchor a shout out. Oh, they're killer. Uh, Anchor's awesome. If you ever want to start your own podcast, that's where you go. You, go to get, just, you, can, you can even for do free. it directly from your phone. Yeah, for like free. Everything for free, right. which is unheard of. Correct. Amazing. It's a great, it's such a great tool that they're doing. They, they do it. I don't know how they're making money. My guess is that they... Because they have a, a model where they kind of work with you to get sponsors. And mm -hmm. so my guess yep. is they take a piece of the of sponsor money yep. um, to do something like that. and to be able They have to licensing agreements that. and everything, I'm sure. Yeah, so. it, but just taking taking that and just taking whatever we're making here and you're making <laughs> and just putting it out there for free. Totally. That's awesome. It's phenomenal. It's like the WordPress of, of podcasts. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Plug I, your shit in. <laughs> open, source, open source anything is so amazing. I was actually Kudos listening to- Kudos to Elon Musk for that. Kudos to Elon Musk. Kudos to Adam Curry. Absolutely. I was the, listening the to the grandfather of it all. The podfather. Yes. I mean, that guy, he, he seriously <laughs> laid the way for what we we are doing right this second yeah. and what 
I'm sure I and you consume more than any other kind of media yeah. podcasting. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it was something so simple, it was just an RSS feed like a blog and setting it up, getting, getting it pr- like pr- uh, partnered with Apple and everything like that. It was just, we live in the best of times, my friend. Well, I mean, if you think about it, this is what's crazy. So like when I was in chiropractic school in, in, in the late nineties, um, do that. <laughs> That's when I got my first cell phone in the late 90s. The Motorola brick? No, I had the little Nokia thing oh, that had the, the pull-out <laughs> antenna. and The Nokia brick. Yeah, the Nokia little brick, yeah. yeah. But, you know, had so that's when it all started. It. Snake. <laughs> look, look how far we've gotten in such a short time. Oh, yeah. Just think of the way it's going to literally explode from here. If, you know, we don't fuck our planet up. Well, I got, I got, I got to ask you a question about that. What do you think of all this coronavirus stuff? I think, uh, I think being in an incubation period like this is a very dangerous situation. I was listening to, you know, a few different expert opinions, and you know, it's it's uh it's it's potentially very dangerous, you know, uh, and that being the case. Why would you want to fuck with anything that's potentially very dangerous, right? Yeah, it's that simple. What do you think about all the huge events getting canceled right now? I mean, I think it's you know, I think it's what has to be done. I mean, that's it. That's it. It sucks, but you know, you got to do what you got to do to save lives, right? Do I mean, you think that this is going to get in the way of the fight that just can't seem to happen. Tony Ferguson versus. Holy shit! Khabib. I never thought about that until you just said that. Wow. Well, uh, and it's getting real, real because today, yes, I do think that something can happen now that you just said the that. NCAA today announced canceled that the NCAA wrestling tournament. Well, not canceled, but for there's for no, fans. no spectators, right? Um, they did the same thing for basketball, and they did it for two huge. music festivals. They, yeah, Coachella. I don't know if Coachella has been announced yet, but it's about to get moved back. E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo that happens every year in LA during the summer, canceled. Canceled. Yeah, I mean, and that I think, one may be done forever. This may wow. put it into a grave that it wow. can't get back out of. Wow. I, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I feel like, I feel like you've got to, you've got to take things like this seriously. You just got to, you know, I mean, what's the harm in taking it seriously, by the way? <laughs> yeah. But what's the harm? Do you feel that maybe some people take it a little too serious? Always. Like anything. With the, like, my thing like is, anything. is, like, when you're when you're loading up on so much toilet paper that other people can't get any, like what are like what is your like thought behind that? Like, by the way, I just bought a bidet. <laughs> bidet to you, sir. <laughs> bidet to you too. <laughs> so you don't even need toilet paper. You're, That's the whole you're idea like behind it, man. He's ahead of it. Um, you get um, one of those ones that just hooks up in the back. You got the little twisty and you connect it. No, that's kind of like uh, that's like. Um, Camping type of bidet. I have a real one actually that you control from your toilet seat. <laughs> what? No, it's it's the same thing. Like the water, so it's a toilet seat that you replace essentially. Well, it's it's a it's a like a it's a thing that fits underneath the seat. Oh, okay, 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 okay. They have one. Uh, this one it must be fancy. It's like five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's fancy. And it's mine's like, not. It's got like a remote <laughs> on it. It like. It like slides the little thing that shoots water up your ass back and forth. Okay, isn't that and a little it, excessive? <laughs> I'm just isn't saying. It? I hear it feels great on the bunghole. So the 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 fifty dollar or the seventy dollar one won't. 
I'm just saying these are what people are telling me. I believe them. I believe them. I'm going to try it. See how I like it. Yeah. You got to you gotta tell me how it is. I will. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll get one bought. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. The, the thought of water hitting my, my asshole, it's kind of uncomfortable because I got a big ass. And so, like, as soon as the water gets up there, I can wipe, but it's still going to be a little moist for a while. Hey, that's, that's what, why that's I like what... to air dry after a shower. So you need, here, I can help you. You get yourself a bidet. Bidet to you. Bidet to you, too. And then you get yourself some baby wipes and wipe down and you're good to go. Yeah, but that, it's leaving that moistness. Give it a minute. <laughs> Give it a minute. Yeah, but I like to, I like, like I said, I air dry after my showers. Uh-huh. I like to just kind of like do this. Number. I do too. And Especially so on my back. Maybe, maybe I just need to just stop wearing pants after I take a shit. Uh, Try it. <laughs> <laughs> Try that I think this is I I mean you're looking at me like I'm crazy But I think this is going to no, work No no it sounds completely normal <laughs> It's completely normal for you For you <laughs> That's good podcasting right there Where we both take drinks at the same time um, Alright so We've gone over your many lives mm-hmm. I wanted to actually ask. This is something I just want. I just want word of these cool people to get out. Talk about your parents, man. Ooh. Give, give like give like a a, Ooh. a very as as brief but yet in depth um, as you want to get. Very uh, immigrants. Number one uh, came from Israel. Both of them. Uh, dad's side was Romanian. Mom's side was Moroccan. So she could cook like a banshee. The whole family could, <laughs> right? Um, you know, dad. Uh, dad came from a military background. Dad was abused, uh, but I, I think a lot of I think a lot of people were, you know, back yeah. in that time. Yeah. So I, I don't think it was abnormal. And I also think that, like, look, I'm sorry, Eastern Bloc countries, they're fucking rough. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so they had a different kind of love. Let's put yeah. it that way, right? So, uh, so, you know, I think it kind of, I think that that kind of scarred my dad up a little bit mentally, you know, and, and, and obviously, uh, my mom's side of the family was a huge family, uh, like nine kids. So, um, you know, grew up in, in Israel and everybody was in the military and, um, you know, they had some pretty cool jobs in the military, right? Yeah. Come on, come on. Let let, let yourself glow a little bit. Mom could shoot a rifle boy. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, so she was uh, she was in the military. Um, as funny as a matter of fact, like about, gosh, man, that just sparked something. So about like a couple years ago, I used to ask her about the different rifles that she had, and she would talk about each one of them, what was great about them, what she didn't like about them. You know, it was a really funny conversation. <laughs> but my mom could shoot. My dad was a tank commander. You know. Um, and it was really interesting, like growing up, uh, I remember like, you know, going over there to, to see my grandparents and stuff like that, you know, both sides of the family, you know, they, their military awards and things like that, that they won, you know, was like on the wall, like enshrined almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. And these are the kids. So, you know, they take it that seriously. Right. Which is cool. Really yeah. cool. Um, I only felt like lately the u.s does the same like respects Mm -hmm. military the way they should um but you know i I feel like that's gotten a lot better actually i I could be wrong but i I feel like uh i feel like military u.s military 
um, personnel kind of feel that they're appreciated. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. And I think that we've, we kind of live in like a great time for, for veterans. So many, absolutely so many things are in place. The best I've seen. Yeah. I mean, we, we both know a lot of successful veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met even more. I mean, mm-hmm. my brother mm-hmm. is, he's running a, an amazing kiosk business out of, uh, Arizona that, you know, he's, he's getting these kiosks and gyms like crazy. That's awesome. He's, he's on his way to become a billionaire. Good for him. Good <laughs> like, for him. And I mean, my, my boss is, mm-hmm. um, you know, was army ranger, yep. just a badass dude. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you guys will learn more about him in a future episode. I'm positive of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, my uncle is part of these things that help veterans and, Trevor is a part of these yep. things that helps veterans and like there's so like the the willingness to give and it's not just giving, you know, money or things like that. It's giving time yeah. and like these mentors for <clears throat> these these you know, people that are leaving it's the giving service. Back. It's give it's giving back in such a huge way. Yeah. yeah um, I agree. I don't know how we got on that tangent. Oh, you were talking I re- about I respect that. You know, I mean yeah. I think I think that that's uh I think that that's a beautiful thing. It, you know, look, it, it kind of speaks to what, you know, brotherhoods are and they don't have to be blood. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the real lesson really oh, yeah. is that, you know, any relationship, you know, can, can be one of those types of brotherly or sisterly or whatever relationship, you know, sibling kind of relationship. That being said, um, it, it's just, I almost feel like it's, that's the way it should be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's and so that's that's how you felt it was in Israel at that time when you were going back there. When was that? Like every time, time, every time I go, like well, it's, what what like decade range are we talking about right now? Um, so like from the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties, you know. <laughs> so they had that they had that respect back then. Always, yeah. always, like it, you know. I mean, always they are the every they are the prized like wall of commendation, prized possessions. Yeah. That's what the soldiers are, and yeah. and male and, and everybody female did it. Everybody, everybody does it in Israel. Eighteen to twenty three. Or twenty, sorry, eighteen to twenty-two. I think it is. Yeah, um, man, that leads and then, to some beautiful soldiers. <laughs> well, it just it, it gives you a different brain. It yeah. wires you differently. You know, hundred percent. I mean, I, 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 I go back and forth with, with wondering if that's a good model for us to follow. Excuse I, me. I, 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 because, I say this all the time. I feel like the biggest bitch in the world because I didn't do it because I didn't <laughs> go into the military. You know, I've I've said that. Yeah. Always. And it, it's something it's, it's actually my biggest regret. It is you know, my biggest regret. It's one of mine as well. I was, I was poised to, to start training for Marines my junior year of high school mm-hmm. and my senior year came around and I got a girlfriend. Yeah. I got a girlfriend mm-hmm. and everything else went out the window. Mm. Talk about a waste of time. Sorry if you're listening to this, <laughs> but it's what you were. And I wish that it never happened, you know, and, and, and things like that happen. Right. I mean, that's the, and it takes you on a different path. Yeah. And I guess I shouldn't say that. I wish that it never happened. Cause who, who knows where I'd be right now? hundred percent. Because I was literally talking to, I was talking to somebody this morning. I was talking to my friend, Jack, you know, Jack, I love Jack. <laughs> Good old Jack. I love that. Kid. I was talking to him today. Cause he was like, he's like, Oh, you're talking to Ron today. Right. He's like, tell him I say hi. So oh yeah, Jack says hi. I love that kid. Um, but where where did this start at? Oh, he's like, well, how did you how did you know him? And I was like, well, um, I met him through Trevor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the final bell together, and then I was like, I met Trevor through a person that I worked with 
because her kid was in his jiu-jitsu class. <laughs> and so thank apparently, thank God that I freaking worked in retail management. Yeah. And I got that yeah. introduction to Trevor. Yeah. And then I got that introduction to you. Yeah. And then I got to work with you for a year and yeah. a half. Yeah. Doing the final bell. And then it, that led in, me into the position that I'm in now yeah. with the company that I work for. Yeah. Uh, like the way that I, I kind of looked at it today, I was like, holy shit. And that's the beauty of these the, journeys. The butterfly effect in full, like full force, because I wasn't even going to be working at that sprint when I moved out here. I By applied, chance. I applied at that store for a manager position that I knew I wasn't going to get. I was like, I'm never going to get this, but I'll just do it and say, I tried. I already got like secured another job out here, mm-hmm. but I came in for, for the interview and I got a call back later on that day and it was my you know my now friend keely mm-hmm. who was the the general manager of that location who's like okay you don't have the experience for the the assistant manager job but i'll train you i like you <laughs> what do you think about coming over doing a, a direct transfer and we'll see what we can do and i was like i gotta talk to my wife about it so I told my wife, I, I wasn't really feeling selling cell phones and stuff like that at that time, but I was like, I'll be making more money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the busiest store in Colorado, probably oh. making better, better commissions. Nice. I think, you know, I think it might be the way to go. And so I decided to stay at Sprint. So because I went and took that total random, you know, took that dart and threw it at the wall. Mm-hmm. It didn't hit the bullseye, but it hit pretty dang close. There you go. And then, you know, that led to, <laughs> to being it, you know, working with Tish Duran, uh, Tish cook. Sorry. Sorry about that, Tish. <laughs> um, and then meeting Trevor and all of these things. Kind of stem from there. Blows your freaking mind when yeah. you look at like how yeah. such a little piece just hundred percent snowballs into such 100%. a massive piece of my life 100 I mean, my livelihood um I, I, probably the, some of my favorite times was doing the final bell Me with too. you and it's, and been, it's trevor that, o'connor that's why man. i said like look the, you know it, it's a passion project you know uh, and and there's there's really something to be said for that because you enjoy it so much that you you're you're fulfilled you know what i mean mm-hmm. like a part of you becomes really fulfilled, makes you happy. Yeah. And and that's what it's that's what it's all about, right? I mean yeah. that's that's pretty <laughs> much that's why I enjoyed doing all the different things, you know, with, with the fight game that I did. Yeah. How long has it been since you've you've called a fight? Uh let's see, December was like two years. Two years. Do you miss it a little bit? I'll tell you, you know what's really funny is uh, I miss I miss boxing terribly. Really, uh, boxing is like my girlfriend that I will always have eyes for. You know See, what I mean? And me boxing, I can't stand boxing, but I love the boxers that I know. Oh, like Corey Madden. I'm, I'm just love a huge that Corey kid. Madden fan. I love that. Kid. And I'll I'll watch like every chance chance I get to watch him fight, I'll watch it. Hundred percent. Because he, he never too. puts on a boring show. That's for sure. And and you know what? Like when you get to know him, you, you love the kid even more. Oh, he's such a good dude. But he's but he's a hell of a fighter. Oh, dude. Like he's he's a, a body attacker, <laughs> and I just love that. Yeah, you know that. You call him the body snatcher. The body snatcher. That's right. <laughs> he is the body snatcher. That's for sure. And yeah. and and he's got. Um, I don't. I mean, obviously, I think he's like thirty three or thirty four, right? Somewhere in there. 
And I don't think he, I mean, he's not a young kid. And he, oh, I used to joke with him about well, I that. I had no so. idea that he was that old. Yeah, I know. I thought he was younger than me. No, I, th- <laughs> I think he, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that <laughs> we used to joke around about being old. That being said, if he does have a long time to box, he's going to be a hell of a show. Oh, yeah. And if he has a short time, by the way, he's going to be a hell of a show. <laughs> Love uh, that kid. He's still he's still looking great. I watched I watched his most Fantastic. recent fight online Fantastic. the other day, and he's still stoppage. Good. Yep. I mean, like, he's just a he's a killer. It was round one. He I I, I mean he he's just he's he's in my opinion like he is probably ready for that next level up. Yeah. You know that small increment up just to yeah. get him under some different types of pressure back. Once he gets that dialed in, sky's the limit for him. That kid's. Tougher than leather. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we've covered. We've covered what made Ron. <laughs> like, what really went into making Ron. <laughs> yep. Now let's just talk about fun stuff. Yeah, you got it. So we earlier we were talking about UFC 248. Oh. Wei Li Zhang versus Yoanni Yanjacek putting on a freaking barn burner. What a fucking fight for a co-main event, and then the main event happened, and it was. I'm angry at Yoel. I'm angry at Yoel. We're on the same page. I feel like Yoel um, hyped that fight up. By the way, he probably was in the best shape of his life. Okay? I don't think he's ever not been in great shape. True, true. But (laughs) he he, he looked like a He-Man doll. You know what I mean, right? (laughs) So that being said, I feel like if you're going to... It's a, it's a title fight. It's different than any other fight. You know, it's a, it's a title fight. Like, this is where you literally, literally leave it all out. Mm-hmm. Win or lose, man. Because if you do that and you lose, you gain just as much adoration and love as if you would have won the fight. Like he did. Like When he, he did. fucking fought Paulo Costa. Thank you, when he fought Costa, which I felt like he won. I, I didn't, but... I, I would have been okay with either either fighter winning that fight. Mm-hmm. But like there was no doubt like whatsoever that they left it all in the cage. 100%. And the co-main event, by the way, I felt like that one should have been a draw. I haven't rewatched the co-main event. I haven't I haven't rewatched it, but the way I see it is there has to be the I have to see a 10-8 round. I have to see two 10-8 rounds. No. No, just there has to be a 10-8 round. For there to be a draw. And I, like I said, I haven't watched it back yet. Wait, why do you say that? Because it's 10 point must system. Right. So the winner has to get 10 points. The loser has to get less automatically. But if it's a draw and let's say the same, let's say it's a 10, let's say it's a nine, nine fight. I mean a nine, nine round. The way that the, that the rules have or a 10, 10 fight. Uh, t- sorry. Shit. <laughs> a 10, 10 round. The way the UFC, I do, I do explain this a bunch at my last uh, viewing party. But there's they can't do a 10-10 round. In really? The, in the UFC rules, it's 10, winner gets 10, loser gets 9 or less. That's interesting. Well, okay. So, that being said, I actually felt like that was about as even of a performance as I can ever remember. And totally surprising. And totally surprising. Like, no, like I was at a party, 20 people. That may be inflating a little bit, but there was a decent <laughs> amount of people there. Everybody that knew who who both of them were, 
Nobody thought that Joanna was coming to, to play. Everybody was like, this is her last fight. She's going to retire after it. The uh, that's what I thought too. Shut. That's what I thought too. I, I definitely was thinking it as well, but I don't know about shit. retire, but I felt like that would have set her back a lot. I don't know how you come back from it personally. I mean, unless she kind of four straight losses. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, she's, she's a champ and they've done crazier things. That's true. It's true. You know? So I don't know. I mean, but overall, I mean, what an unbelievable fight that was unbelievable. That's one where I honestly could have seen either person get their hand raised. Hundred percent. And I would respect either one of them. Like I did, I didn't go into that fight with a lot of respect for Joanna because the way that she acted like before the Rose fights and things like that just really turned me off. But I had nothing but respect for her at the end of this fight. Like she she's had, a gamer. She's she had a, a, a she's, she's kind of a the weirdo. Size of the ones that freaking Jose gave to what's his name back in like 2011. She's kind of a weirdo with her mental games, you know? Like that's her little thing. Yeah. Um and you know the whole praying mantis thing like when she kind of <laughs> walks up <laughs> underneath you kind of thing. Uh whatever. That being said though, she showed me a lot. Like I'll tell you this. With like her forehead now, all I can see is a praying mantis. She, I'm telling you, right? Um, and and just <laughs> and the, and I just I felt like she showed me more than she's ever shown me before. And maybe she's never been pushed like that before, which I'm sure she hasn't, except for when Rose thugged her down twice. Twice. I mean, that was that. <laughs> she also just, hopefully fighting in a month. Yes, I think on the docket, right? Yep. Um, April fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Eighteenth. Eighteenth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think UFC two forty nine. And I gotta tell you, I miss her fighting. I love watching her fight, dude. She's she's so technical. She's unbelievable. She's so powerful. She's hundred and fifty. She's like a pounds. sniper. Like, That's how she she yeah. reminds me of a sniper. Yeah. She's she's not gonna trade with you. She's going to find that opening. You're going to throw two punches thinking she's over here, but she's two steps to the right and coming with a head kick to knock you out. That's the thing. Like her boxing and kickboxing for that matter Mm -hmm. is absolutely beautiful to watch. Top notch. It's just so And she's so smooth and fluid that it's just beautiful, beautiful to watch. I love watching Rose fight and I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm glad that she's back. I I think that like, I hope she gets like a real hunger, you know, coming back. I hope. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I, I hope that we see that hunger, but coming, coming from four losses, it's, it's got to weigh heavy on your mind. And I think that the one thing that is probably in her way, other than Rose is going to be her mind. And maybe even more, especially because it's Rose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Do you think that's the fight to make if uh, if Rose gets through Andrage? Which I think she totally. Hundred percent. She was beating Andrage until until Andrage picked her up and dropped her on her head. Hundred like, percent. Like she was picking her apart, and that was like the the biggest like she's so skilled. The man. biggest sway I've ever seen in a fight. Like, immediately, immediately. <laughs> Which, but yeah, I think that that's 100% the fight to make. Yeah. Think about that storyline. I'm I'm game for it, but and, I'm, and but it, I'm also, and it also, I'm also makes a sense. little game because I've already seen that twice. I'm also game to see Rose t- 
take on a bigger challenge. Let, already though, I want to give it, her. It's, it's it's her decision. Totally. Like, I think that's I think that's that's what it we're comes fans. To. We're only talking. Well, no, no, no. About I'm saying I'm saying if I'm Dana, yeah. I'm letting her make that choice because I'd be cool with that. She deserves either one. Yeah. Whatever she whatever yeah. she wants to do, she deserves. Yes, yeah, I'd be cool with that. Um, I, so I got a question for you. So how do you see the Khabib and Tony fight going? Dude, I have no idea. I'm leaning Khabib because I think Khabib is just, you know, like ape strong. You know what I mean? But Tony is like the fucking biggest wild card ever. Ever. He really is. Ever. He's he's never out of a fight. He might hit you with a machete. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what he's called. He actually calls his left elbow a machete. Does he really? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it'd be funny if he did. He he he's the and guy. Fitting. But I'll tell you this: Gaethje is the biggest problem for Khabib. I'm telling you right now. Oh, you know what? I had this conversation with somebody the other day. I was like, "Yeah, I think that." I I've think, been saying this one for a while. He's the wrong matchup for Khabib. I think he's he's the of all the lightweights in the UFC, he's the most likely to take the belt from Khabib. Correct. Tony, I'm not. I'm not ruling Tony Correct. out by any means. I'm, I'm with but you. But I'm saying if, if I'm I with see you. Khabib versus Gaethje or Khabib versus Tony, I would. I would be willing to take maybe maybe not second mortgage type money out on my house, <laughs> but I would probably. I'd probably put something. I'd probably put like my computer up and get like a thousand dollars, and I would put that all on Gaethje. I, I'd be fairly confident in that. It's it's kind of interesting. I kind of feel like Gaethje isn't really human. You know, you know what I mean. Like he's different. He's I, I was, different. I was talking about this to somebody, and, it's, and, and I don't mean this it, in a bad way. No, no, I love no. this kid. You know, there's but he's something different. about being from the area that we're from. Me and Justin Gaethje are from very small towns in Arizona, mm-hmm. very small rural towns in Arizona, and you're you're raised differently. Him more than me, because him. All they have in Stafford is they got a mine. Mm-hmm. Like you're a part. Everybody of Everybody works there, right? Or you're an industry that supports the mine, right? Like you're right. you're working at the store, right. That feeds all the miners' sure. families, things like that. And there, that gets beat into you in a in a certain way. And I think that people that come out of those towns and become professional fighters or actors or you know, anything like that, they. They know what it's like on the other side mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they know they're not meant for that. And so they push really, really fucking hard. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a hundred percent why, why I have the, the kind of drive that I do for the things I'm like really passionate about mm-hmm. is because I know where, where I came from mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Right. 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 <laughs> so, don't want to be there again. I just, I don't. Right. And you know, I think it takes, Growing up in those hard conditions where, you know, the nearest, I mean, his, his wasn't that bad. It, like Safford has, you know, like your general store and things like that. But to get to a real city, he's looking at like an hour and a half drive Oof. <laughs> to get wow. to a real city wow. with like a mall and or something wow. like that. Um, I mean, they ha- I think they had That's a movie theater out there, but it was, it was a very small movie theater. Wow. <laughs> it was about an hour and a half for, for him to get anywhere. Like, to, to do anything that you know a normal person growing up in like a city like Denver would would to have those amenities, yeah. you're driving that hour and a half drive, and it's I don't know. And there's some people that it's made for. 
Like my buddy, you met my buddy Nathan. Mm-hmm. He was made for living in Arizona. Mm-hmm. It's just it was that's his thing. That is his thing. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with yep, that. Yeah, it's not my yep. thing. It's not Gaethje's thing. <laughs> it, it's interesting. Like it just from and and this this happened. Uh, so we were at. So it was actually at. Do uh, you remember uh, the first tournament that Jeff did? What was that one called? Oh, the King of Sparta. King of Sparta. So, I, both Justin and I were getting. Um, burritos because there was Bubba Chino's there, yeah. right? So, I he was sitting like closer, you know, to them to the uh, to the stand, and I had to kind of walk around the table, you know, towards him. And I remember, like, I and I always, you know, put my hand on people's shoulders and stuff like that. And I'm like, you need anything from up there? And he's like, no, I'm good. I it felt like you're touching like a piece of freaking steel, like it didn't feel normal. You know what I mean? It did, yeah. And I was a chiropractor. I used to palpate people all the time. <laughs> Didn't feel normal. Abnormally, like, like iron. I mean, like iron. And at that moment, at that very moment, I was like, this kid is different. He's just different. <laughs> and at that time, he had only fought once in the UFC, I believe. Did he even go, get in yeah. at that time? Yeah, yeah, he'd gotten in. I remember that much. He'd been in, what, three years? Yeah, he's been in... It was December of 17, I want to say. Nice. I want to say it was December, because I want to say that's when he fought Michael, Michael Johnson. Johnson. Put on his freaking show. and I, I was so happy. I was so happy because I was like, I bought tickets to the train early. I knew the hype train was coming. And Kid. he is... He's somebody who's never disappointed with a fight that I've that seen. That kid is the most exciting fighter I have ever freaking watched in my life. Yeah, the, the way the way he shut Barboza off, even when he, he loses, Vitt, or, no, even when he he is, John Anik, the king, the gold standard of commentary in sports. Yeah, that guy is must see TV. It is that simple. I don't care who he's fighting. He may fight Dana next. <laughs> I'll watch that too. But he is just must. He's by far and away for me, by far and away, the most exciting and entertaining fighter I have ever freaking seen in my life. He's he is the best thing to get new people into this sport. Hundred like, percent. If if Dana and the folks over at at uh, I don't remember who owns him. But if Dana realizes that, they need to make sure to like when he does get this hopeful this big payday fight coming up, don't make it look like Conor McGregor is fighting himself. Oh. That is all I fucking saw when I was watching the promos for him versus Cowboy. Well, me too. Like, but and that that upset me so much. But Gaethje will beat the ever living shit out of him. Ah, oh, dude, I want to see it. Gaethje is the, I mean, just the worst matchup ever for Conor McGregor. Yeah. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like he, listen, man, I'll tell you right now. I was, I was watching the, Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson said the funniest thing I have ever heard about Justin Gaethje. And he goes, he goes, you, you could be sitting at home. The king of the world. And Dana calls you up and says, hey, your next fight's Justin Gaethje. You're hanging up the phone. You're going, man, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then there was another guy. I can't remember who said it to. He goes, Dana calls you up and tells you you're fighting Cagey. He's like, I don't see anybody raising their hand. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that guy. So it's true. You know, I mean, he's just, he, he's, he's really the, the, the proverbial savage, man. He really is. He is. And for, for people that are listening that haven't watched fighting before or anything like that, do yourself a favor. Just go on YouTube, search Justin Gaethje. And just watch any of his fights, any of his highlight reels. I mean, he and is hang the, the fuck on. <laughs> he's, he's the highlight. He's the highlight like, for a reason. It, any organization that he goes to. He, he's he ran the, he ran world, world series of fighting until it ran out of gas and, and then unfortunately he had to go and get some real pay but man he, he's so exciting to watch you cannot take your eyes off that fight period you can't, you can't blink like that is not the time that you go get loaded back up on nachos Hell no. or anything like you make sure that you got all your wings and your nachos right in front of you Dude. you have a napkin right underneath you so that you can take the wings and you don't you don't have to move your eyes at all, and you just put. You By put the, the way, bones even right his walkout, he has when he walks out, he looks like he's the happiest human on two legs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he cannot freaking wait to get in there. Yeah. And I got to tell you, the new Justin Gaethje, the way he's fighting now, oh, with dude, the he head looked, movement and he being patient, amazing. He's. He's, His last two fights have been amazing. He's five times more dangerous than he was, and that's saying something. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, he, he learned the lessons that he needed to learn. 100%. He learned, oh, now, if I do by the way, hit he can be a champion. Face, I can go out. Now he can be a champion in the yeah. UFC. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, Trevor worked miracles with that situation because he wants to brawl. Trevor's such a smart dude. He's a genius in there. It's the third Trevor that we've mentioned in this podcast. <laughs> He's a freaking this podcast genius brought to you by Trevor's. <laughs> in the combat sports. He is. You know what I mean? And, and oh, I love the fact that they brought him in. And, uh, kind of like Phenomenal cons- addition. Like, Phenomenal it's addition. It's so great. Because like, if somebody's super technical, yeah. I wish I wish he would have been there for the Israel fight. Oh. I wish that he Because there were so many people that were saying that Yoel was the one that was pushing things. And I was like, we what clearly aren't watching, watching the same thing. Right. And to be able to have, uh, not Connor, but uh, Trevor, break down what Israel was doing like as it was happening, I think would have really helped the casuals to understand more of what was happening there and totally. why he was making the decisions that he was making. I had to have a drink just to cure the anxiety from that fight after that co-main <laughs> event. So, yeah, it's true. I mean, like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> that fight's such an annoying fight. How do you think that uh, Costa versus Israel goes? Do you think Costa Damn. does the same thing? <laughs> you think Costa does the same thing that Yoel does? I think no way. You think no come, way. Yeah, exactly. I think that hell no. I that, think that he saw he saw what what can happen if you try to not take it to him, and I think he's gonna t- take he's gonna to go him. after the bully. It's gonna be. I think that has the makings. And maybe if this fight wasn't as bad as it was, Yoel versus Izzy, mm-hmm. if that fight wasn't as bad as it was, we might not have gotten the treat that the next fight's going to be. And I'll tell you this, like, um, Dana said it best. Like, I think either whoever wins that fight becomes a freaking megastar. Because think about the push that they're going to push Paulo Costa with if he wins that fight. Yeah. Think about that. He's going to go on a modeling tour for the UFC. No, oh, dude. He's Everywhere. He's a beautiful man. You see? <laughs> like, 
you look at that guy. Not only does he have like the bot, like I'm, I am a straight man who's comfortable with my sexuality. So I can say this, but he has a body that looks like it was literally chiseled by Michelangelo. I don't he's know an anatomy he actually, picture. He's in that in anatomy picture. He's he's what's what's this pose guy? The guy that's doing the one up, one down. It's like it's a statue. I want to say one a David. I don't know. No, that's the one with the little dick. Yeah, that, he looks like he was literally carved out of marble. Uh, it's, and mean, then and then his crazy. face isn't bad to look at either. Crazy. Like, I'm telling you, it's crazy. It's they, like, wait, you're good looking and you can fight. Get the fuck out of here. I, I will tell you, he's also one of the most exciting fighters coming out. Uh, he, I've, I've been watching every one of his fights. Just Must like, see TV. Every time. Too. Yeah. Every time I was like, ooh, Borashina. Oh, man. You know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, That's what's great about it. He's the eraser. He lives up to the name. Should we get back to Figgy? Figgy. Oh, the figure, uh, Figueredo. What a lost opportunity. What a lost opportunity. And then to act like a fool after it. Running around the octagon, screaming, jumping up, celebrating. Are you that happy that Henry Cejudo is still the 125 champion? I think... um, Settle down, Figueredo. I think he's massive, number one. Massive guy. For the weight class, Figueredo's a giant. Yeah. Okay. And he's dangerous with his hands. He's dangerous everywhere. And he's got ridiculous jits. And and I'll tell you this, like he's a problem. The biggest problem for Figueredo is Figueredo. Came in five pounds over. I think two and a half. That was a two and a half. But still, still, yeah. You you know for a title fight, you can't right? do that for a title fight. Like, I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't even con- like my brain doesn't even comprehend it because. I've, I've said it before on the final bell back in the day that, you know, if I was a fighter, I probably would miss a couple of weigh-ins because why? Here's why I would do it because the worst is going to happen. I'm going to lose 20%, 20% of my purse. Mm-hmm. That hurts a little bit, but I'm not depleting myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going in stronger. I'm going in bigger. It's And I'm able to take those advantages and get this win that's going to put me up in the rankings to get that title fight. Now, I'm not going to miss weight on that fucking title fight because, A, that's the biggest paycheck that you're going to get. And, B. And future paychecks. Yeah, you're, you're setting yourself up for, you, yeah. for future paychecks. Yeah. To, to not make weight every now and then. It is what it is. Until they figure out something to really stop it, it's going to keep happening. Because people are thinking, like terrible me is thinking, going, I'm going to get a little leg up. I'm going to lose a little bit of money, but I'll make up for it in mm-hmm. the back end. But to to do it on a title fight, it just doesn't compute in my brain. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I I, I think, you know, because, like, um, it's, you know, the last half pound, the last, you know, pound, whatever it may be, the last eighth of a pound, you know what I mean? Whatever it may, that's the breaker. Yeah. That's the breaker. That's the one that's just you know, just test you in every way. And now you have somebody that's fucking eating tiramisu, you know, <laughs> before he comes to the scale. <laughs> no penalty. Just here, here's some cash. You know, you'll get over it. <laughs> that's really what the, what that rule is saying. Yeah. But the, the reality of it is, is that he will be his biggest problem. Yeah. Because I don't think that anyone's going to be able to stand up to that shit. That was the thing, crazy. The thing that really like, he may he may put put the final nail in the coffin of that weight class. Because if Cejudo doesn't want to go back, 
If he's adamant on staying at 135. I think Cejudo can make it back no problem. I'm I'm not saying that he won't physically. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he could. He very well could. I don't think he wants to. Does and he go to 45? He's, he's said it. He said that. Does he I, do it? I think he tries it. I think it's it. a coin flip. <laughs> I think he tries <laughs> I think, it. I think there's a 50-50 chance. I think he tries it because that will really be the way that he separates himself from the crowd. His his time to do it is now. Absolutely. With, with, uh, Absolutely. He's a, he's a short size. featherweight. Absolutely. Because like, I wouldn't, the last I wouldn't match give him a chance. Max. <laughs> exactly. Like, Max Holloway versus Cejudo, no way. You're not going to be able that. to touch him. You don't want that. But, but Volkanovski... Don't get me wrong. He's a freaking beast, but he's a solid foot shorter than, totally. than Max Holloway and has it becomes at least the a equalizer. foot taken off of his arms and legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that becomes a much more even fight. Yeah. And and I'll tell you this, like, I'm thinking about that fight now. And I will tell you, like, if Henry bulks up, because I think Henry walks around at 150. Can you imagine not having to cut weight at all? Mm. Eat whatever you want. Work out like a freak. And then show up with zero depletion. And and I don't think Volkanovski cuts a lot either. I can't imagine. I mean, or maybe he does. I don't know. Well, I mean, he was he a was 240. 240-pound yeah, rugby yeah, player. Just, that's crazy. Um, but, I mean, you know, I think that Henry Henry's frame can go up 10 pounds, whatever it may be. Yeah. And not just be comfortable, be almost optimal. And yeah. that... With that type of combat pedigree, that's a dangerous challenge for Volkanovski. Makes like things the most dangerous challenge, maybe for Volkanovski. Yeah, yeah. Like just thinking about it gets you just a little excited. It's amazing to think <laughs> that he could do it. Yeah, you know, I gave him a hard time because of that Captain Cringe bullshit. But uh, but I mean, but I mean, he's getting the reaction that he's looking. And for. not just that; like he's proving his worth every time. Yeah, he's he is. One of the greatest champions this sports ever seen. Yeah, I mean, combat sports has ever seen. He's you know? probably he's probably the the closest we're ever gonna get to like in that I can think of to a person that can get three belts. Hundred percent, and no that, question, he he can honestly cement himself as one of the greatest. People are the not great. Gonna, who not would be better? Hear that. I mean, you, you bring up a good point. <laughs> who would be better than that? You know, um, no one. Yeah, who's a fighter that really moved you? Like. To to be like, oh my freaking god, I love this sport. Oh, um, Rory McDonald, man. Interesting. Yeah, dude, Rory McDonald. That's a good choice. He's he was just, I I loved his mannerisms. Yeah, I loved how he he fit his thing perfectly. He he looked like a psycho. He did, he did, and and behaved like one kinda. Yeah, like in a calm way. He was he he was so so interesting. He's like an assassin. I found him so interesting. Yeah, he is. And I saw that Rory, uh, yeah, the Rory Lawler. versus Lawler two. Unbelievable. I, I was watching that for my birthday. I remember I remember everything about that. Unbelievable. I was at what a uh, night. I was at a place called the Sasquatch Lounge in Tucson, Arizona. It was. Um, my birthday before I moved out here. So it was two weeks before I moved out to Denver. Uh, it was like my going away party slash thing. And I just remember like that we, we watched Connor fight Chad Mendez that night. There was a couple other fights. I can't remember because I have terrible memory, but I remember that fight. Cause I, I just, I was like, cause it was fucking jaw dropping. 
it was one of those fights where they literally left it all 100% out there. 100%. He had the most mangled nose I'd ever seen and only quit when he literally could not, like he couldn't stand because of the pain. Yeah. From the pain in his head, he could not stand. That's an amazing thought. And I was like, and Lawler has his face split in half. Oh, he's got that like cut somebody that's going him. from like his nose, yes. the bottom of his yes. lips up to his nose. Yes, he ye- he gets that that yell and it rips that open primal scream, throws out more blood. It's an iconic picture. Oh, it's like that fight has stuck with me the last five years. Um, cemented my my fandom Mm -hmm. like i think even back then i was probably like riding the fence a little bit with like still liking football a little Mm -hmm. bit more and stuff like that but now like ever since that fight it's just been like that's the pinnacle of athleticism to me Mm -hmm. why watch anything else yeah yeah (laughs) you know like every every other sport to me now is just a social event i i (laughs) it's 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 amazing because like you know i got i have friends of mine that literally think that I'm the most boring person ever because of that. You know, they're like, they're like, he used to be like a sports almanac. And I was like, yeah, I forgot them all. But I, cause I was really into college football, you know, and yeah. growing up in Florida, that's a big deal. I literally have zero interest in that. Well, even though you have zero, zero interest, Gators or Knowles, Miami, I'm a Miami oh, fan. Oh, hurricane. Yeah, I'm a hurricane <laughs> fan. I always was. We, that was the closest school to us right there. It was like 30 miles away from our house. Okay. So I was like a UM fan and and everything else kind of, you know. Or as everybody matter. else says, the U. The U, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, that being the case, like, um, yeah, just <laughs> shit, man. Just an amazing, uh, an amazing school, like for now I'm thinking like college football. Anyway, um, <laughs> what were you just talking about? Um, I, I was talking about my lead or you asked me. Uh, the fight that inspired me, I said Rory, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I went into my whole thing about why it was Rory and why I like fighting better than everything else. That's where we were at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, can you tell that we smoked weed before this? Maybe a little, maybe a little <laughs> bit. I think uh, the guy that um, the guy that kind of wowed me the first time was Genki Sudo. Ooh. Genki Sudo used to do things that you you were just like, whoa, you know, like you didn't think of doing that, right? Like. I'd never he's the closest thing to Bruce Lee I'd ever seen. Yeah. So he was just kind of like hypnotizing. But the guy that I probably if I was ever going to put a Mount Rushmore of MMA DC. Just kidding. <laughs> he's a hell of a fighter though. I, I, Randy I, don't Couture. Know why I don't know why I'm talking shit about DC. Randy Couture to me was like the epitome of real American badass dude Randy Couture he was something else and and I think he still is something else oh he really is he's he's one of the few men that I think that rock a scarf well <laughs> he's uh Randy's the freaking man he is the man he fought only the best in two fucking divisions mm-hmm. the two hardest divisions yeah Right, especially at those times. That's what I'm saying, and 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 just and beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, I watched him beat the fucking shit out of Vitor Belfort in Vegas. Mm-hmm. That was an unbelievable card. UFC 49. If you get a chance, look up that fight card. You'll fall out of your chair. But that, watching Randy beat up Vitor 
the way he beat him up, I was like, this guy's like, he's fucking bulletproof. You know what I mean? <laughs> he really is. He's yeah. a guy that can literally live through whatever you throw at him. Like, yeah. you know, so Randy Couture is that guy for me. Yeah, Randy Couture, man. Rocks a scarf so well. <laughs> he's And now he's, kudos to him for putting in that much and that kind of work. I mean, you can just look at his ears and see the work that he put in. Yeah. Like that man, he, he sacrificed his hearing for his hard work, his teeth, dude. When Machida kicked his teeth in, and I, teeth I love him in the expendables movies. I'll say it. There you go. <laughs> I mean, actually, did you hear what, uh, did you hear what? So they had that whole cast together. That's the only thing I know about the movie, by the way. They had this cast together, the whole cast for Expendables, the yeah. first one, together. And they were, I think it was like somebody was interviewing them all. And they were all talking about, you know, Sylvester with your, or Sly with your boxing background. And, you know, uh, Dolph with your, you know, long history of martial arts. And, you know, same thing, all these guys, you know, uh, the Jason Statham, you know, and this and that. And then I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Randy didn't say a thing at that point. He was just sitting back there smiling and they were like, but the one that could literally kill us all is Randy Couture. <laughs> I remember then, that. That was so funny, that. you know, and, and it's, it's so true. true and it's so yeah. true. Cause yeah. yeah. Like everybody else was a, a fake tough guy. And then you're, you're next to the toughest man on the planet. And I remember like the way he would come out, he would come out with a hoodie. That's it. Yeah. I love that about Randy Couture. Like, no frills. I'm coming in there to kick your ass, and I'm bringing my best day. Yeah. And he did every single time. There's Win or lose. That, part of me that misses that. That, that uh, era. That era. I know. Where you could just walk out in a random I hoodie. Know. Like, I like the uniformity and things like that. But I, I, I miss the I miss being able to the see. The individuality like, of yeah, it. Yeah, the individuality. Because like, you had total control over yeah, everything. that's right. Like, your shorts were like. Your Whatever you canvas. wanted. That's right. That's right. And, you know, you had Cowboy Cerrone with his orange ones. Like, everybody remembers That's his right. orange shorts. That's right. You had uh, John Jones with his gold, his black and gold Nike ones. <clears throat> 100%. Like he was making so much money from Nike. He didn't need to put a million GSP logos. with Under Armour. I mean, are you kidding me? GSP putting Under Armour, like, even more on the map. 100%. Than it was at the time because at He's that a time, lifestyle athlete. He was a lifestyle athlete. All that they were really able to get Under Armour in is they were able to get it um, some deals with high schools, mm-hmm. colleges, colleges because of the Turpins, mm-hmm. because the main guy mm-hmm. was, was one of those, uh, yeah. university. Of yeah, yeah. Guys. And man, it's just, you know, being able to see what these fighters were about before you even got to see what they That's were right. about. That's right. It was, it was such a cool thing, but, uh, you know, that deal is ending this year. I, I, I'm going to tell you this, like if the UFC literally wants to separate itself from all other sports. They need to partner with Under Armour. They are all lifestyle athletes. The UFC promotes a lifestyle type of brand. Yeah. That is the, per- they all look like the, the Under Armour, you know, pictures in the, in the magazines and yeah. online. They all look like that. It's true. That's the brand to partner with that catapults. Ev- everybody's going to want to buy UFC merchandise. Everybody. I haven't bought a single piece of UFC merchandise because of the Reebok deal. Me too. 
me and you, you would say we're, we're probably what you would say are UFC super fans. 100%. And we refuse to buy any of their pro- Nothing. merch. Nothing. So if anybody at the UFC is listening to this, make sure to not extend this Reebok deal. I think that they also felt the heat from, from people too. Yeah. The, do you, no do you one think was that they ha- open up, open up a little bit of the sponsorship. No type stuff. No, no. you think that's a, a bygone era. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to brand UFC from here on out. Yeah. I mean, but they're going to now strategically, they should align with like a company like under armor and change the face of lifestyle apparel and branding. That's a, that's a, that's a match made in heaven. Yeah. And it's just like Reebok is just such a, it's an unfortunate brand to be tied to. <laughs> like I feel they bad probably came the, with the biggest checkbook. You know what I mean? Let's just be honest. Yeah. I but, mean, but look what it did. Well, I think that it, I think that it was the biggest check at that time. Yeah. 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 Um, they, came of course. In, they came in at a perfect time. UFC hadn't hit the boom that it hit because of Conor McGregor. And they wanted uh, they wanted a, 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 un, a licensing partner, you know yeah. what I mean? A uniform partner. And they got it, you know. But at the same time, I think now maybe, like, I just can, I can foresee already the ability for the UFC to leverage an Under Armour partnership and for Under Armour to leverage a UFC partnership. I can God. see it. I can just see getting like my dry fits with that's what I'm talking about down the back. That's what I'm saying. Like I would totally fuck with that. That that's when I would buy stuff. Yeah, dude, you have me sold on this. If somebody at Under Armour is listening to this, make this fucking deal happen, please. Because Under Armour is my like of all all like clothing brands. Like Under Armour is my favorite. I grew like, up with Adidas, these, and that was that's an I important. I have these one. like little like three quarter zipper. <clears throat> yeah, like super light. Yep, yep. like. They're almost hoodies, but they're not hoodies. They don't have a hood. It's Correct. Like, it's a collar, mm-hmm. like jacket thing. Super thin. I have two of them. They're my favorite things to wear. Absolutely. They make the best stuff. Like they make they make the best shit ever. And I remember, like I remember, like hearing about it when I was in high school. Yeah. It's just like yeah, if you sell this many cards, you get get one of these Under Armour shirts. Listen, like, you know they're they're here, here's one of the things that's really interesting about Under Armour too, if you think about it. <clears throat> they're products are not cheap no they're expensive yeah you happily buy it because the value is there the looks are there and the the quality of the products are there yeah and you happily spend that money on under armor products i wish they had more comfortable shoes see i haven't i haven't messed with their shoes yeah they're not they're not worth it i Wait, wait like four years. Maybe they'll, they'll bring somebody in. I'm an Adidas guy. You know what? I turned 30. You know what I, I moved to? Let's hear it. New Balances. Uh, I love those. Dude, New Balances are legit. I love those. That's that's what I want. I want a New Balance sponsorship. There you go. So if anybody has connections to New Balance or just wants to send me money to go buy New Balance stuff, <laughs> you know, I'll take either one. There you go. <laughs> but but if somebody knows you. a New Balance uh, executive, make sure that they hear this. And uh, I will bring down my fucks from like 10 a show. To zero. To, uh, five. <laughs> one or two. Five. <laughs> Come on. They want to be associated with a, with a good quality show. And there for it to be go. a good quality show, I got to say fuck it. There you go. Five times. There you go. <laughs> nice. But, man, you got me excited about it. UFC it's just a make sense deal. deal. Yeah. It really is. It's a make sense deal. It's it, like it's hitting me in, in the brain. Like, why didn't I think of this being a thing? I was I saying thought, it then. I thought it would have been like 
Nike or something like that, but I think that Under Armour is such a better fit. How about this? Think about it. When they show like behind the scenes footage of the athletes training, I don't see any of them wearing Reebok, man. Hate to break it to you. I see them all pretty much wearing Under Armour leggings and, and rash guards. I mean, most of them. All the Reebok shoes are kicked in the corner. <laughs> right, right. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? That's the that's the brand to partner with. Yeah. The UFC is a is a completely you know, revolutionary sport and, and, and Under Armour is a very revolutionary apparel. Yeah. Well, we have covered quite a, a few bases. That was a span. That was a journey. But we're not done yet. Okay. I think I'm, I'm trying out like sign off things and like how I want to like end each show. So we're going to test this out. <laughs> All right. What's one piece of advice that you'd give y- younger you? You have a time machine. You can tell Good younger question. you one piece of advice. Good question. 20-year-old um, Ron. 20-year-old Ron. Go to the military. Go into the military. Yep. Go get your ass in the military. You heard it here first, folks. 100%. <laughs> that That's that's the first thing I'd say. All right. How about you? Uh, how about me? 20-year-old me. I'd already missed the military boat at that point. Okay. Um. I would have started jujitsu. There you go. Yeah. I would have started jiu-jitsu. There you go. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But that, so that's what we would have done, or that's what the advice that we'd give ourselves when we were much younger men. Yep. But Ron, it has been a pleasure. Always. It's been too long. Yes. I think, I think I'm going to, I'm probably going to hit you up like every month after a Let's UFC do it, man. event. Let, let me know. <laughs> we'll, we'll do one of these. Let me know. Little UFC shows. Yeah. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, you got to come on uh, legendary fights and oh, talk about some boxing 100%. fights. Or actually, it's not only boxing, by the way. There we go. <clears throat> so we'll we'll talk about some local ones. Hell yeah! All right, brother. Well, Thank you, bro, man. Time, man. I appreciate it, bro. It's a lot of fun, dude. It's so much fun, <laughs> man. I love it. I warned you. I told you there was a little bit of everything in this episode. Uh, it was a blast to record. Uh, we're probably gonna do that quite a few times in the future. Like I said, if you're into UFC, MMA. Uh, you can expect me and Ron to hop on a microphone at, uh, at the very least every other month, um, given that uh, the UFC doesn't get canceled um, as a whole because of the coronavirus. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. But uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, please leave a review on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, um, five stars, put a little note in there, make it a little joke so I know it's you, and... You know, it'll be a good time. It'll be, uh, you know, you can look forward to these every week-ish, I think. But I can't wait for you guys to hear the next one. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. This just out. Nope. Nope. That is not my sign-off phrase. Peace out.